Welcome to part two on planning and goal setting for business owners. This has been such a joy. So for those of you that are just tuning in, last weekend, I had the opportunity to visit my friend Parker Aiden, who is the executive director of the Pocahontas Chamber of Commerce and the manager of the Rialto Theater in Pocahontas, Iowa. We were chatting as part of a small business Saturday event. If you missed part one of the episode, I would highly recommend it. We talk about how small businesses really need to put a planning foundation into place. We talk about the importance of using goal setting to navigate the tricky situations that we sometimes find ourselves in as business owners, as well as how how planning and goal setting can help you, especially in those moments, those chicken and the egg moments where you're like, oh, I need money to expand. But in order for me to expand, I need to make money. And how do you decide what should come first? How do you decide what to prioritize? And so if you missed that episode, do go back to it. Give it a listen. In today's episode, we continue the conversation. We talk about the challenge of managing opportunities and commitments. And we talk about the difference between being interested and being committed. And that true commitment really requires a willingness to make difficult decisions, especially as a business owner. We're going to talk about the significance of planning for clarity, reflecting on priorities, and understanding the 80-20 principle. We're going to conclude our conversation talking about the challenges of multitasking, the importance of setting boundaries, and the impact of unplugging from technology for periods of time. So I hope that this blesses you. I hope that this benefits you. Let's do this. Do you want to feel less scattered and more focused, but the idea of goal setting sounds like adding more pressure to your already pressure-filled life? If so, welcome to the Plan Goal Plan Podcast. I'm Danielle McGee. I'm a professor, mom, planner addict, and recovering overachiever. After years of hustle and grind, I was tired of trying harder. I was ready to try easier. At the intersection of research, practice, and play, I found a purposeful path to planning and goal setting that is fun, simple, and sustainable. If you're ready to try easier, if you're ready to make memories and do meaningful work, grab a pen. I will equip you with tools and practices to clarify purpose, reclaim time, and achieve goals, playfully and lightly. Let's get started. So do you have any advice for you know, a opportunity presents itself and it seems it seems like that really good opportunity and you're like, if I take this, something else has to give. You know, I just, I don't know that I have the capacity of it. How do you kind of negotiate with yourself as to whether or not you say yes or no to it? Like, do you have any advice for having that internal conversation? Yeah, so I am notoriously a yes person, right? And this has been a problem. When I was first starting, it would be like, heck yes or no. So if something isn't a heck yes, it's a no. And then what I found out is that I'm the sort of person that I can talk myself into heck yes (laughs) about anything. Like, because I'm just so easily excited and interested that like, that's not an issue for me. Mm -hmm. But like, I would say if you find yourself begrudgingly saying yes, it's a no, right? If you aren't truly just excited. (laughs) Then the other thing is, so as I needed to sort of refine that because my, I had too many heck yeses still. It became, am I interested or am I committed? Because a lot of times I'm interested in something, but do I have the capacity to be committed to it? And what does commitment look like? And a lot of times the way that you can tell, are you willing to be committed? 
is, are you willing to make some of the hard decisions somewhere else? And sometimes those hard decisions are like, guess I'm waking up at 4.30, right? And then other times the hard decisions are, oh, I have to tell my team that we're not doing this thing that we thought we were going to do. Or I have to tell my customers that we're not doing this thing that I thought that we were going to do. And usually if you're willing to do that hard thing, then you're committed. And if you're not, one thing I've been thinking about a ton lately is how if you are overscheduled, you actually aren't committed. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I've always thought that I was overscheduled because I I am so committed. And now I'm like realizing, no, like my overscheduling prevents me from being committed. Yeah. And it's like I'm trying to like wrap my brain around that shift because for so long I'm like, oh, the reason I'm overscheduled is because I keep committing to things. No, Danielle, you're not really committing to any of these things, at least not the way that you would like to. Because if you were, then you know, this time slot wouldn't be up for grabs. So you would say yes to something else for. Yes. And so like, that's a huge shift for me. And I'm like, I'm struggling with it because that means me having to own that maybe I'm not as committed to something that I thought that I was. Yeah. And that like hurts just a little. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. I never have thought of it that way, but it makes sense because I do feel like there's people in every community. There was a book I read, 13 Ways to Kill Your Community by Doug Griffiths. Wonderful book. If anyone is into community stuff, definitely read it. It's short. But there was a chapter about there's the STPs, which are the same 10 people that are in kind of all the organ. They're the ones you see volunteering, doing stuff. They're in all the organizations. They're helping out at like everything they can. And so I think it's easy sometimes to just overcommit yourself because you genuinely do want to help with everything. But then you hit a point where you're just ineffective. And so it is hard to come to terms with how do I better serve my community by saying no. And that's just a really weird thing to work through. Yeah. To think that the way that you commit is by letting go of certain things, not by necessarily saying yes to more things. Right. And it's a it's a kind of a huge mind shift to get there. But I do think that so often in order for us to grow, in order for us to grow personally in order for our businesses to grow. It is about learning to say no. The 80-20 principle Mm -hmm. is that 80% of our results come from 20% of the causes, right? Mm -hmm. And in Benjamin Hardy's book, 10x is easier than 2x, he talks about how if you really want to go 10x, a lot of going 10x is letting go of the 80% that's only kind of moving you and committing in on the 20% that's actually giving you the results. But that like the reason most people can't 10x is because they're unwilling to let go of the 80%, not necessarily because they aren't doing the 20%. They just aren't doing the 20% at its full capacity because they're unwilling to let go of the 80%. Yeah. That just makes me think of working out. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, Like, like, yeah. It's not, I mean, for me, it's not a fact of like, all, you know, go do whatever exercise it is I want to do for the day. It's the food and the everything else in between. That's like, oh, yeah, this is this is where it matters more. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think exercise is a really good one, too, because you and your body will tell you you are doing too much. Yeah. Too soon. Like you're taking a rest day, girlfriend, <laughs> you know, like and, and I don't like our body is pretty good at saying like, nope, nope, you can't do anymore. Mm-hmm. And we get injured. But like when it comes to other things, the injury might be a relationship that's suffering. Yeah. The injury might be, you know, you have rough team 
team dynamics mm-hmm. in your organization and workplace. So sometimes what's really hard is that we know if I pull my hamstring mm-hmm. that I went too hard on my deadlifts. But it's a little bit harder to recognize that in our businesses. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think a good example of a micro example that I see of myself when it comes to planning is I do social media for the theater, for the chamber and a couple other businesses in town. And there's one that I do it as kind of just like a contract freelance thing. And so that's the one I always make a point to do every week. I don't always make a point to do chamber or the theaters every week because I'm like, oh, well, I'll just post about that later. You know, I'll remember when I'm working on it later. And especially for the theater, you know, if I if there's a week where I don't do it, then it's just like, yeah, you aren't posting as much because you're not taking the half hour that it would require for you to just schedule them out and have them ready. And then you're done for the week. Instead, you're like, oh, it's 8 p.m. Like, is it too late to get this posted for the night? Do I still want to do it? And so, yeah, I think that's been a personal example for me of how planning really does take you a long way. I talk about planning for clarity and planning for clarity isn't just like when are my meetings and when do I need to do what tasks when what's my to do list. But planning for clarity is having a process of going, all right, what's working well? What isn't working? What adjustments do I need to make? Am I acting out my values? It's incorporating reflexivity into the process of planning. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's both reflective work and it's the practical, I need to do this, mm-hmm. when. And what I think is so helpful about that is when you have that in place to do regularly and you set that on top of your goals, mm-hmm. you can go, okay, you get better at recognizing what your priority is and going, this is what I need to be doing right now. Mm -hmm. And so you might have three months where you say, my priority is consistency with my social media posts. Mm -hmm. And for three months, any time that you are faced with the decision, should I post this or not? The answer is, yep, I'm posting it Mm because that's what I I already decided. Yeah. Because I will say one thing that I noticed with business, working with business owners, especially small business owners, is that there's so much decision fatigue. Yeah. You are making the decisions. Mm-hmm. There's nobody else. You know, like I think about, you know, my husband is a department head at, at the university. And if he has to make lots of big decisions at the university and that position can be really hard. But he has a smattering of other department heads that he can go to if he needs help. He has his deans. Mm-hmm. He has a provost. Like there are other people in positions that he can kind of go to. If you're running your own business, especially in these small towns, right, you might be the only person in your industry doing that sort of business mm-hmm. for a couple town over, right? And so you you don't have that same support system. I think the wonderful thing is in our day and age with the internet, you yeah. can be like, I have a friend who's in the industry and we have Zoom coffees on Saturdays and she's in California, you know? <laughs> like, so there are ways that it's so nice that we have the ability to yes. make connections and have relationships and support that it expand. And I think that's one of the cool things about what you're doing with small towns is recognizing that like you do, we do live in an age where like you can have the benefits of the quiet stillness of a small town, no traffic, right? (laughs) And uh, no big commutes, you know, and still like have, and still have the connectedness that you might have in a bigger city, the energy, the support Mm -hmm. there. But like, I do think that One thing that helps is as you've learned to prioritize more, as you connect your goals and your planning together so that 
they're constantly feeding off of each other. Mm-hmm. You can decide once and you get rid of some of, some of that decision fatigue yeah. because you've already made the decision that between now and March, it's social media. It's social media growth. Yeah. And you're going to be tracking it and you're going to be working on consistency and you're going to pay attention to which posts are getting the most clicks and you're going to be running your analytics, right? And and you're going to work on improving that. And then you give yourself permission that by then you're going to have a good habit going. <laughs> but then if you need to make something else a priority, you're going to let that kind of just run in the background now <laughs> because you've taken the time that it needs to give it the focus. <laughs> and so I think that, you know, for me, one of the one of the exciting things about about planning and goal setting and doing it together is that it really does help you refine your priorities Mm -hmm. and you start learning what matters and what your 20% is pretty quickly. And you start to learn that actually prioritizing those things gets easier when you know that the results are coming and when you can go, rest assured, I'm going to, I have a plan in place that in May I'm going to shift my attention. So this other thing is going to get my attention so I can let it go now. Yeah, because I feel like that is the struggle that sometimes when when things are going bad, you're trying to figure out why they're going bad. But when things are going really good, it's harder for us to stop and be reflective of that. And like, you know, here's maybe the planning that led to this or like here are the factors that created that this is a good thing and being able to encapsulate that and realize, okay, so these are the things I want to keep moving forward. Absolutely. I love one of my friends, Chris Johnson. He actually has a podcast that is releasing on Tuesday, November 28th. So actually, I think when this airs, it will already be out in the world. It's called like Pause Possibility. Y'all should listen. I'll link it in the show notes. Chris is amazing. But he used this phrase one time. I was doing a workshop with him and he used the phrase hurry slowly. And I was like, what the heck is that? (laughs) Like, how how do you hurry slowly? And I think that What I really think about this is when things are going really well and you say like, oh, we need to pause and we need to go, why did this work well? What made this go well? How do we recreate this in the future? I think that that's actually how you hurry slowly. Yeah. Is you take those pauses because the next time things are going to go even quicker and probably go even better. So a lot of times it's actually by slowing down and engaging in these reflective practices that you can speed things up because you're now putting your energy to the things that are going to actually produce your results. (laughs) And like ultimately, I mean, at least all the small business owners I work with, you're doing this labor because you believe that your business is serving others and making an impact in the world that you want to create. And so you want to get it right. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's hard to sometimes stop and remind ourselves of like, you know, there's days where it's so easy to be frustrated and just why am I doing this? And it's not necessarily something you're genuinely asking yourself when you should be of like, what was the reason I started this? You know, why have I fallen into just giving it 30 percent of what I actually could or fallen into whatever sort of situation it is where I just am unhappy with it currently and bringing yourself back to that reality of, well, no, you know, two years ago when we started this, this is why. Well, and I think it's so easy to get sort of swept away in, the, in putting out the daily fires. Yeah. And it's easy to get burnout and mm-hmm. feel like you need rest, too. When you have practices in place where you can also go, oh, I'm reflecting right now. And my reflection is telling me that I'm, a, I'm in a sour place, <laughs> you know, because I've been there and I'm like, I need to take a break. Yeah. How do I build that in? 
And how do I build in some rest right now? Because like sometimes that's the answer too, is I need to walk away so I can walk back. Yes. And how do you not let that fire you see on the other side that you know you need to put out stop you from getting the break you need to be able to come back and actually put it out instead of just, you know, continuously trying to dump water on it and it's not really going anywhere. Being able to come back with an actual fire extinguisher and put it out for good. Yeah, I mean, so I was talking with you a little bit while you're having lunch before this, and I've I've told my listeners that I recently took my family to Disney and I came back to work and I had some fires that (laughs) were rumbling and they were roaring. I don't know do fires rumble or roar, but they were they were making some noise. They were burning some things down, and. I I was really stressed by this. I did get an email while I was gone alerting me of the fire. And I was like, take deep breaths, chill out, and I'll put it out when I get back. And I did let it go for a few days, knowing that I'd come back and have to put it out. And I think, though, taking a real break and then coming back, and I, was, I had the emotional capacity mm-hmm. to handle it well and to you know, to put out the fire in a way that wasn't like I'm just putting out the fire, but like I'm putting out the fire and I'm rebuilding our community in the way that it needs to. And I don't know that I would have had the emotional capacity to do that with the same grace that I I hope that I did and temperament (laughs) that I did. I think that if I would have had to have handled that prior to my break, I probably would have been my own little fire. Yeah. And that's where I think parenting is hard. I'm not a parent. I'm not a parent. There are times where it's just like the fact you can't necessarily really escape from it all is, I think, (laughs) the most challenging part from my eyes as someone who's just an uncle. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's so challenging because there's times where your kids are tired and so they're acting like tired kids. Yeah. And you're tired, too. It is really challenging. You can't show up as your best self all of the time. If you aren't also caring for yourself, but you also can't care for yourself or your business if you don't have any practices in place that get you reflecting on what matters, what works, who am I serving, why am I serving these Mm -hmm. people? If you can't take the time to do some of that work, you probably shouldn't be doing the work. Yeah. And I know there's been times, especially for chamber stuff, where And I wish I could remember because I know there's been examples of it even this year where something is a certain way. And like there was a reason why when it was established, but times have changed and the variables with it have changed and we're still doing it that way. And so when you've stopped to realize, so why is it this way? Then you realize, okay, so we need to pivot because that's not a factor anymore. That's not a variable we have to deal with. So let's adjust and make it a better situation. And if you didn't reflect on it, then it would just keep going because this is how we've always done it. Yeah, I think change, especially organizationally or in a community, can be feel really threatening, mm-hmm. right? Because we've become attached to the way that yeah. things are. And if you want to move people through change well, you sometimes have to slow down and do the work of how do I paint the picture of what is happening in a way that communicates mm-hmm. what we're doing now and why we're doing it differently. And how do we do it in such a way that still honors the past? And that takes time and care. And if we're moving too quickly through everything, you you can't lead through change carefully if you're in a hurry. Yeah. And that's how, especially with my job, I love the flexibility of it. 
But some mornings I'll come in and it's like, okay, I want to be done by noon because I didn't bring a lunch today. I want to be able to go and work from home. I have X, Y, Z. And then, of course, you get emails and you get phone calls <laughs> and texts. And so there's fires that I'm like trying to put out. And I feel like I just kind of rush myself because I'm not just focusing on a list that I have in front of me and knocking it out one by one. I'm jumping all over the place. And I know I'm not being as productive as I could be if I would just take a breath, slow myself down, and then just work on the way down the list. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that sometimes we also set expectations for what the day might look like. Yeah. And and I think a lot of people avoid planning for this reason. They're like, oh, planning feels like setting expectations. And then I get really frustrated when things don't go or don't live up to my expectations. And then I feel like all that planning is a waste or I feel really mm -hmm. guilty or I feel shame around things not going as I anticipated. But if you can see planning as just an iteration, maybe a hope or a wish. Yeah. If you can see it as something that's more flexible, it's a guideline. Mm -hmm. Like like I said, like goals, not as destinations, but as directions. Yes, I love that. Just about making progress, not necessarily where you land. Mm -hmm. It can really help to ha have your list and like move through it. I think that I've really had to learn how to communicate to other people what I need to mm -hmm. say. You're right. This is a situation. It needs to be addressed. Today I'm working. I've dedicated to working on these other things. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get to that tomorrow. I'll reach out to you tomorrow when, when that is on my yeah. agenda. And it's taken me a lot of practice, and I'm still learning this, to really assert myself and say, you're right. This is an issue, and it's going to wait a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does take practice. It's not easy to do because I am very much... I've fallen victim to I'll open a text or an email and I know if I don't mark it as unread and it sits there, I will forget about it. Unless I like write down, hey, you need to respond to this or get back to this person on this thing. And I think that's where my, my mindset comes of if I get it, I need to just do it now and it's done. And then I'll go back to the thing I was working on and just, no, I'm going to save this for later. It's almost like I just need to turn email notifications off. Yeah. Which fun fact, I also had your husband as a professor when I was in college, and it was like a digital culture class. And that was where I actually turned off a lot of the notifications on my phone because he made us do a digital diet. And so each week it was like, or not each day of the week, it was something different. One day was like, you couldn't have your phone in sight of you. Like it couldn't be on you, but it couldn't be if you were like working at a desk, you couldn't see it on the desk. Yeah. And one of them was turning all of your notifications off besides like text messages and phone calls. And I kept that one. I like never would have thought of it before and so every time that i'm like thinking of notifications and how many silly things facebook sends i'm like i really don't care about this one <laughs> i think ryan <laughs> it's so wild how sometimes you can do those things like i really make it a practice between like five and seven at night i almost always lose my phone and so if my family especially in the summertime like we love to go to parks if we're going to the park my phone doesn't even come come with me hmm. because if it comes with me i might be on it right just sit and I'm always like shocked where sometimes I'll have like a day where mentally that's kind of hard for me. Like I want to keep grabbing my phone. I want to keep checking it. Yeah. And then I get home and I'm like, I missed like three emails and they were all like marketing junk. So like it's sometimes really interesting to me how much we actually don't miss out on mm -hmm. when we shut those things down. I do actually think your inclination, though, to manage tasks as they come in isn't a bad one. But I oftentimes have like a rule around it. So like any task that I can complete in five minutes, if it comes in, I'll just handle it right at mm -hmm. that moment. Or 
Or I might even time block things where I might have from 10 to 11 every single day, I can do all of those tasks and I have to write everything down. Yep. There are some cool apps like Sansama. I really like it integrates with your email and then you can actually drag your emails into it as a task item. And that's pretty nice. If you struggle with remembering emails, I have to legitimately write down the name of the person's email Hmm. in my to-do list if it comes in and I haven't answered it to remember to answer it later. Having a rule, whether it's three minutes, five minutes, one minute, giving yourself some sort of a rule that says, hey, if this is going to take me over 10 minutes, I'm not handling it right now. Yeah, it's getting pushed aside. It goes on the to-do list. Grab that pen, write it down, carry on. Parker, thank you so much for this conversation. It has been such a joy. For those of you listening and to recap, we talked about the difference between being interested and being committed. I talked about my own personal experience of being a yes person and what it takes to really discern between what truly excites me and what I can genuinely commit to. We talk about planning for clarity, reflecting on priorities, understanding the 80-20 principle. Parker offers some awesome insights about unplugging from technology for periods of time and how to even navigate the challenge of multitasking on a day-to-day basis as someone who works for a small business and as someone who supports small businesses in the town that he works in. I hope that this episode has invigorated you. I hope it gets you excited about all of the opportunities ahead for your business. If you are a working mom and you do not own a small business, I hope that there are plenty of nuggets in here to inspire you, guide you, and I hope that this episode fills you. So thank you all, friends, and be well. If this podcast has inspired you, guided you, or just made you laugh, the number one way that you can thank me is by leaving a written review for the show over on Apple Podcasts. I'm seriously tickled every time that I hear from you all. So pop onto Instagram and follow Plan Go Plan and digital message me. I want to say hello. I want to geek out about all things planning and goal setting. Keep sensing the possibilities, y'all.